0: Welcome to the ex-good girl podcast. What is an ex-good girl? Someone who has decided to stop making other people comfortable at her own expense, to stop abandoning what she wants for her life out of fear of what other people will think, and to stop pretending that everything is fine when it's not. If you're a woman who feels exhausted by constant people-pleasing and perfectionism, and you're ready to stop, but you just don't know how, you're in the right place. I'm Sarah bybee the Stop People-Pleasing Coach, and I will teach you what you need to know to get out of that constant cycle of doubt, guilt, and resentment, and into a life that feels powerful and free. Enjoy the episode. You are listening to the Ex Good Girl Podcast, episode number three. So how do we stop being a good girl? Last episode, we dove into some of the reasons why we become good girls, and so stopping is what we're covering today. I'm going to go through the five steps that I have identified as critical in stopping the good girl behavior, especially people-pleasing. Number one, you have to understand why you are a good girl, when you are a good girl, and what it costs you. Number two, you have to choose one area of your life to focus on eliminating people-pleasing, perfectionism, codependency, eliminating the good girl tendencies that you have. Number three, you have to learn to feel your feelings. Number four, you have to learn to have your own back. And number five, You have to learn some tools, try them, evaluate how well they worked, and then try again. Let's go through each one in a little more detail. So number one, you have to understand what being a good girl costs you and when you are most likely to step into that good girl role, whether it's people-pleasing or perfectionism. There is a cost. Do this exercise with me. Just guess how many hours a day you spend worrying about what other people think about you, overworking because you've overcommitted to a bunch of jobs that you really didn't want to do but felt pressured to, worrying about what you should be doing, what you ought to be doing, feeling obligated, and and like you have duties that you're not doing, um, not taking care of yourself but prioritizing other people looking outside of you for validation, for the feeling that you're doing it right. Those are just a few behaviors that good girls engage in, but think about the time that it takes. When I have this conversation with the clients that I work with, overwhelmingly, they say between three and five hours a day. Now, it's important to note that that's not that they are sitting there for three to five hours a day doing nothing. Their body on the outside is doing something else. They are at work, or they are doing the laundry, or they are doing whatever it is that they do during the day. Their body is busy, but their brain is somewhere else, looping, ruminating criticizing, judging, doubting, second guessing, worrying about what happened in the past, or worrying about something that's going to happen in the future. So the first real cost of being a good girl is the time. Because let's just say on the low end, three hours a day, if you take that times seven days a week, you got 21 hours per week, that your energy, your brain space your processing power, your thinking ability is going toward people-pleasing and perfectionism and good girl activities. If you take 21 times 52 weeks a year, girl, we're looking at over a thousand hours on the low end every year that our brains are wasting, hemorrhaging this energy worrying, ruminating, being scared, feeling anxious because we are programmed to want other people to like us, to approve of us. And we're seeking that. That is one of the biggest costs. Just let that sink in. On the low end, it's 1,092 hours a year of energy and time and thinking Wouldn't it be amazing to have a thousand hours to do something else with? Yeah, I agree. So that's part of number one, understanding the cost. The other costs are all of the energy, all of the money that you spend, all of the time that gets wasted. So the cost ultimately is that one precious non-renewable resource of time, And that's what makes up our lives. That's the only thing that we have to create with. And so ultimately it is costing you the time to create the life that you really want or to just do something else other than being concerned and obsessed about what other people think about you. The second part of number one is to identify when you are most likely To show up in that good girl role, it is when you are bucking the rules or the roles that we talked about in the last episode. So, if you need a refresher, listen to that one first. Most of the time, I show up as a good girl around my parents because it's there that the roles are most ingrained, and I'm so used to following those rules it's just habit. I'm teaching my brain a new way of being. And so of course, in those relationships that I have been in the longest, I'm going to default to people-pleasing and perfectionism and being that good girl that I think I should be. So for you, where is it? Is it at work? Is it in a particular relationship? And just get really curious about when it is and why. What would happen if you weren't the good girl in that particular situation or in that relationship? It's a really great question to ask because step number two is to choose one relationship or one situation to focus on. When we really start digging into what it means to be a good girl, we see our people pleasing, we see our perfectionism. It can be overwhelming. We can have lots of feelings of guilt and shame because I'm X number of years old and why am I still acting like this? That's normal, not helpful, but very normal. It's helpful to mitigate overwhelm by choosing a specific relationship or situation to focus on. It really helps kind of um, focus your brain and your energy so that you can stay out of overwhelm And here's the best part. When you work on your people-pleasing perfectionism and your good girl syndrome in one area, it benefits all your relationships, all the situations that you find yourself in. So don't be worried about choosing one specific focus. It will actually benefit every aspect of your life. Step number three, feel your feelings. Now, I am 48 years old. I am not lying when I tell you that I just started feeling my feelings uh, about three years ago. Now, I was very familiar with the feelings of, you know, happiness and joy and excitement and the good emotions I was all in for those. I was pretty good at feeling anger too. <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah, that's a- anger is when I'm, I'm pretty good at, but sadness, anxiety, fear, Worry, I kind of locked those away and I would just try to switch out to some other more palatable emotion. The reason that it is so important to learn to feel uncomfortable feelings when you are doing the work of shedding the good girl is because it's uncomfortable both ways. Let me tell you what I mean by that it's uncomfortable to carry on the rest of your life or even the rest of this week in the role of a good girl, because that means you're doing things you don't really want to do. It means you are possibly overcommitted and overworking. It means that you are constantly scanning outside of you to see who likes you, who approves of you. That's one type of discomfort. When you're involved in people pleasing, it's uncomfortable to be a people pleaser. It's uncomfortable to be a perfectionist it is also uncomfortable to not be a good girl. It is uncomfortable to not people please. It is uncomfortable to not be a perfectionist. So learning how to feel those uncomfortable emotions is essential because you're going to feel them either way. The question is, which of those two types of discomfort moves you forward In the direction of the person you want to become. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing it's shedding that good girl role. It is going to be uncomfortable, honey. There's really no way around that. But here's the thing when you learn how to feel your emotions and process them, you can actually move them through your body in a way that does two really important things. Number one, All of those unprocessed emotions don't hang out in your body and drive the bus when you're not paying attention. And number two, you build trust with yourself that you can feel uncomfortable things and it's fine. You don't die. It doesn't feel good. And it does take some practice and some some dedication and commitment to, to feel things but you build trust with yourself that you can feel uncomfortable emotion and move forward in the direction that you want to be going. So that's why step number three, feel your feelings is so critical. Step number four, have your own back. You're going to hear me talk a lot about this. It is for me, the most revolutionary decision that a woman can make because it involves this commitment. I will never, ever mistreat myself. I won't beat myself up. I won't judge or criticize or be my own bully ever. So what does that look like? Let's say that you are working through this good girl stuff and you make a decision and later you decide, oh man, I don't like that decision. In fact, I think it was the wrong decision to make. Chances are that's going to feel a little painful to evaluate that, oh man, it's it's not really what I wish I would have done. I wish I would have chosen something else. So having your own back in that situation specifically looks like just feeling the disappointment of wishing you had done something different and not adding any judgment, criticism, second guessing, doubting, beating yourself up. All of that is the optional pain that we add on to situations because we think we deserve it. We deserve to be mistreated because we made the wrong choice. No, 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 no. We're stopping that bullshit right now. Step number four, Have your own back, which means you commit to never mistreating yourself on purpose. If a decision is disappointing, just feel the disappointment. If a situation is painful or embarrassing, just feel the pain. Just feel the embarrassment. And don't add on any extra layers of mistreatment. That also builds that trust with yourself. Because if you're not safe with you, you're not safe anywhere. I'll say that again, because it really, really matters. We need to be our own safe person. And when we are our own bully, we can't be safe with ourselves. So step number four, having your own back is critical. It is revolutionary. When a woman decides to have her own back, amazing things happen. Step number five is to learn tools, try them out, evaluate them, and then try again. This is really important because the work of undoing good girl syndrome, people-pleasing and perfectionism, it's going to look different for every single person. No two journeys will look the same. Now, there are some common tools. For example, having your own back might also be a tool. So if you are practicing the tool of having your own back, what it means is to try it as best you can, to look back on a situation in which you were trying to have your own back and maybe you did, and maybe you weren't fully able to, but to evaluate it. And here's how I love to evaluate. Number one, what worked? Number two, what didn't work? And number three, what would I do differently? Now, again, what didn't work is not the opportunity to beat yourself up. It's maybe the opportunity to look back through the situation. Let's say that you made a decision that you didn't fully like, and you did engage in beating yourself up a little bit. And then you caught yourself, and then you course corrected, and then you decided to be gentle and kind with yourself. So what worked is that you caught yourself. You were able to switch out of mistreating yourself into being kind and gentle. That worked. Congratulations. That's amazing. That's progress. That's awareness. We really want to celebrate the hell out of that. So what didn't work is that I forgot to not beat myself up to begin with. Now, we're just going to be kind and gentle about that. Because as people who are learning, developing new habits, interrupting old patterns, it's going to happen. And step number three, what would I do differently? Maybe I'm going to put some post-it notes up around my house, reminding me to have my own back. Maybe I'm going to put on a special bracelet or a necklace that's going to remind me of how I want to be treating myself. That's the essence of step number five. You're going to learn some tools. You're going to try them out to the best of your ability. You're going to evaluate with love, and then you're going to try again. Those are the steps... That everyone has to go through who wants to leave good girl syndrome, people pleasing and perfectionism behind. We're going to be talking a lot more about them in the coming weeks. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If this podcast has been helpful to you, I would really appreciate it. If you would give me a five-star rating in whatever platform you listen to your podcast. And if you go to my website, Sarahfisk.coach, you can sign up there to receive my emails. Right now I'm taking private one-to-one clients who want my help speeding up this work in their own lives. I really hope to provide a lot of free information on my website and in my podcast for people to do this work on their own. But if you're interested in having a coach like me to help you implement these things faster to find the blind spots and obstacles that you're not aware of, go to my website and sign up for a consult. That's a time when you and I can get on Zoom and talk about the particulars of your situation. And I can show you how I could be helpful. The second thing you can do on my website is sign up for a freebie that I have called difficult conversations, having a conversation that seems like it's going to be hard or difficult. It's one of the things that people pleasers struggle with. And so I've created a whole guide for you to be able to do that with some more confidence that will also get you signed up for information about my group program, stop people pleasing, which is coming again at the end of April, beginning of May. And it's a group coaching program where you join a community of women, just like you who are struggling to overcome perfectionating and people-pleasing, and we do it together in a group. It's a really amazing opportunity to not just learn from your own experience, but just to see how similar you are to so many other women out there. The healing and the challenging and the laughing and the growth that happens in that beautiful community of women is really amazing. And if it's interesting to you, I would love for you to know about it. Thanks again for listening.